Anything else you want to get off your chest? Not while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, green Instagram story. <laughs> you know, I did I did post something on I my saw. close friends that was usually my close friends is dedicated to uh, horny memes that I don't want my family to see, but sometimes it's also bitch about work. Bitch about work. Yep. I I get the feeling. All right, take us away. Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be free of spoilers from future episodes, but full spoilers on for any episodes we've discussed in the past. I'm Jason, and I don't think it's fair that you get to have that good a figure eating just vending machine food. And I'm Harrison, and I also have survived an unspeakable hell dimension. Who hasn't? (laughs) Jason, what episode are we watching today? Today we are watching Angel Season 3, Episode 21, Benediction. This is the one where we find out Holtz's relationship with Connor post-Kortoff. And uh, he sends Connor to be with Angel. And they have a nice little kind of father-son, let's kill the vampires moment (laughs) in a club. Which is nice, but this is in fact all trappings for the final, final trap and confrontation between Angel and Holtz. Mm-hmm. Benediction was written and directed by Tim Minear, and it originally aired on May 13th, 2002. Jason, yes. tell their listeners what we're drinking. Well, uh, this is a mead concocted by a friend of ours, Mr. Mm-hmm. Carlos. Yeah. Um, yeah, we hung out a couple weeks ago, um, uh, literally the day after we recorded our Seeing Red episode. Um, so the liquor was needed. <laughs> yeah. Like, no offense, Jason. I had a lovely time with you that evening that we did seeing Red, but the next evening of hanging out with friends was far easier. Well, because you didn't have to have those rough conversations beforehand. Yeah. Um, but goddamn, that that goulash that John made was really good. It truly was. Um But no, he uh Carlos had contacted uh I don't know why I said contacted us. <laughs> He had gotten in touch with us earlier in the week and had been like, hey, I made this mead. Do you want to, like, hang out Friday night and try it? And we were like, yeah. So we got dinner and we played cards and we tried the mead and it was great. And he gave us a bottle of it. Um, And I told him, I was like, well, we'll drink this on our next Booze and Buffy episode. And he was, like, honored. Um, At least that's what he said. I mean, the honor's all on this table, Carlos. Thank you for for that. Um, And we've already had a little taste of, well... You've clearly had a taste yes. of it, but this is, I've already had a little bit of taste of it, and uh, yeah, it's its a delightful little drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how about a toast, Jason? All right. Um, here is to uh, peace, as so many people are working to keep the peace talks in between Israel and, um, and uh, Palestinian government uh try to keep that ceasefire lasting as long as they can because in the end like innocent people are the ones that are getting hurt from all this cheers Mm. 
Why am I always the one that has to stretch out across the table and get up? Because you do it. <laughs> I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Um, Jason, how was your Thanksgiving? For the most part, delightful. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately did have to work uh, the day after Thanksgiving, mm. which for me is like uh, four in the morning to unfortunately, well... More like two in the morning to unfortunately eight in the morning, and it was stressful and stupid. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, well, what are you gonna do? But uh, you know, I had a lot of family in town that normally isn't, uh, and uh, Friday after work, uh, my cousin from Ohio was like, "Hey, we want to go to this like cool place called Arcade, Arcade Louisville." Um, that's not right. Uh, I, <laughs> no, I just completely blinked on what it was. Uh, it's this like kind of like electric. Like imagine DZ. Uh, do you remember DZ? No. Discovery Zone. Oh yes. Um, imagine like that, but with like lasers and okay. uh, stuff. And yeah, it was it was, it was quite fun. Um, it is. Activate Games Louisville. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Really got the heart rate up, <laughs> uh, and uh, I was a little sore, but it was it was a ton of fun to do that with. Uh, it was my brother, my cousin, and her husband and me. This is the four of us together. Nice. Ton of fun. And uh, Saturday, I went to Claudia Sanders for mm. what I thought was the first time, but apparently my family used to go there. When I was much younger. Yeah. Uh, But it was my aunt's 70th birthday. So instead of doing like a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, we did a, um, we did a big, uh, we did like, you know, a big party for her and uh, cousins in from Hawaii and Knoxville and that's really awesome. Whole families together. Gosh, I have not been to Claudia Sanders since I was in high school. Um, It's a very kind of vivid memory because... It was Easter Sunday, and it was also, like, the beginning of my spring break. And I was going to Florida with a bunch of my friends for spring break. Because um, one of my friends had, his family had a house down there. Rich people. Um, so, we literally, we I remember us going to church that morning. Then we went to Claudia Sanders, um, and for people who aren't from around here, Claudia Sanders is a, um, it's, it's like a country-themed, like, Famous-style dinner. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's like a more upscale Cracker Barrel, in a way. <laughs> like, that's not and, quite and, the and right... It like, uh, it, but the big thing is that, you know, Claudia Sanders is the wife of right. Colonel Sanders, um, you know, Kentucky, Kentucky Fried Chicken. But apparently, uh, Colonel Sanders was not satisfied with how the KFC restaurants were making his chicken. Right. And the it is believed that the the way it is prepared at Claudia Sanders is the true recipe that the Colonel made. Right. So actually, it would be more accurate to say it's an upscale KFC in yeah. a way. But, um, yeah, we went and had lunch there with, like, my grandparents, uh, like, Easter, like, early Easter dinner. And then my dad drove me to Costco 
the one uh, over towards like um, where kind of towards where um, what's that arcade place main event main event so over it, there wasn't a main event there at the time but like yeah. that that Costco where I met with like all my friends that's where we all met to carpool to Lexington where we flew from Lexington to Orlando for a spring break what a what an adventure it was an adventure I remember having some uh, we had like a delay for our flight from the Lexington airport and I remember having long emotional talks with Julia Strange in the Lexington airport. <laughs> um, Another delightful person. Yes. I've, I've not talked to her in a while and I need to, I need to reach out. Anyway, um, I'm glad to hear that you had a nice, a nice Thanksgiving. And your Thanksgiving? It was, it was lovely. We did, um, <laughs> so we do, uh, my mom's family does Thanksgiving in like two parts. Um, it's never easy. <laughs> so we do, um, we get together the night before on Wednesday and everyone helps do like food prep. Um, but, and you know, my, my cousin who hosts, he makes like chili and grilled cheeses and we do like, my family's Lebanese. So we have a lot of traditional Thanksgiving foods, but we also have a lot of traditional Lebanese foods like stuffed cabbage and grape leaves and stuff like that. So that's the big one that gets prepped the night before is the stuffed cabbage and the grape leaves. So it's like literally all a bunch of people around like a big table. Um, you know in Crazy Rich Asians when they're making the like the dumplings? Yeah. It's, I, I remind, that scene reminded me of that, of like all, our family around this huge dining room table, everyone stuffing the grape leaves. Um, but yeah, we, but we also just, you know, we drink and we play cards. I don't play cards because those people are ruthless. Um, <laughs> Family card but... <laughs> games, whether it be Pinochle or Uno, that is, they are cut throat. Oh, they are cut fucking throat. Um, and then, you know, we all get together a Thursday night for the actual meal. And so that was all really nice. And I had also had some cousins who were in from out of town who we got to hang out with and like everyone and their mother brought their dogs and my, my cousin, uh, Caroline, she and her husband just got a new puppy who is a Dachshund Corgi mix. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. The most precious little angel. He's like this big because <laughs> he's only a few months old. Super cute. Super sweet. Um, but yeah. And then we were supposed to go to my aunt's house that earlier that afternoon, but she was not feeling well. She had like a weird virus and we ended up pushing it back to Saturday and I'm not happy that my aunt got sick, but it was a lot. It was just less stressful to move it to Saturday than try to have to fit in two places to be on Thanksgiving. So um, this was for my dad's family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I didn't like that my aunt got sick, but the end result was more positive. <laughs> um, so yeah. Sounds good. So shall we dive into benediction? I believe we should. Um what do you think of this episode? You know, it's this penultimate episode of the season. It, it, just... it, it, it kind of feels like um, it definitely feels like a uh, the f- even though it's clearly not, it feels like the first real part of this adult Connor story. Mm-hmm. Last episode wasn't the biggest fan of. This episode hit a little better um but yeah it's 
it's kind of weird to see. And again, like I don't remember much about what happens in the season finale, so that'll mm. be fun to visit. Uh, but I don't. Um, it, it just feels like there's more story that needs to be told than an episode's worth. Yeah, and some stories do carry over into season four. I just don't remember everything off the top of my head. I I struggled with this one. I, I liked it more than the last one, but I found myself bored a lot of it. Like it was definitely a less action centric mm-hmm. episode. A lot of a lot of talks between characters in and it's normally just like one on one talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the one like kill the vampire scene, which is a uh, I really enjoyed. I did too. Yeah. I definitely did have a bit of an inappropriate moment where I was flashing back to, I think, Bad Girls in season three of Buffy when Buffy and Faith are fighting the vampires and then it cuts to them dancing in the bronze. Yeah. And I, I literally had a moment of like, there should be a cut to Angel and Connor dancing. But then I was like, no, there shouldn't be. That would be... Instead, you get like the little, uh, the little slow-mo of them back to back. Yeah, teaming up, which is nice. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, But, you know, before we get to that, uh, Angel does come back. We basically pick up right where we left off at the end of the last episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, Angel is coming into the, uh, coming into the hotel, a little beat up and broken. And, you know, he's got shotgun shells in him. Yeah. uh, Or shotgun BBs. Um, Before he comes in, they're worried about where he is and, Fred's like uh, he's not answering his cell and Cordy's like which would be concerning if he knew how to use it (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I will say though this episode lost me right off the bat by not including a sexy wound patching scene yeah your core audience is me show Well, and I, I made a joke um, later on in the episode when Angel's, um, you know, punching the punching bag and is wearing a... Just a um, tank. Yeah, just a tank. And I'm like, you know, this seems like it should... It's In any other circumstance, he wouldn't have a shirt on mm-hmm. just because, you know, as Alan Rickman said in Galaxy Quest, oh, any excuse to get your shirt off? <laughs> Which I feel is absolutely true with this show and oh, yeah. David Boreanaz. Um, or but, possibly anytime a shirtless scene is written, it's David Boreanaz going, any excuse for them to get my shirt off? <laughs> yeah, we don't know, We don't really know how he felt about all the shirtless scenes because I mean, there are quite a few. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when Angel gets back, he says that um, he says that he has found his son and he is... This is very interesting because there's a, um, I feel like there's, and you know, this is a bit reaching, but there's like a lot of interesting uh, aspects of identity mm-hmm. in this, um, including a chosen name. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something else um, later on in the episode that made me think uh, like something related to trans. Um, to like a um, possible like trans themes, but again, I think that's a reach. And um, 
Well, I don't know that it's a reach. It's certainly not... If I remember it. (laughs) If I remember what the details are, I'll bring it up. But I thought it was interesting that there was that and, like, the chosen name where, um, you know, Angel tries Mm -hmm. to accept Connor's identity that he has chosen for himself. And he even introduces him to the Angel investigations team as Steven. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, there's, I mean, there's no way that that was an intentional trans, like, lens put there. But that doesn't mean that that isn't still there. Just, you know, um, and, you know, that, the you know, because trans people are not the only people who change their names. And, um, you know, when we talk about dead naming, it's often in relation to trans people. Um, but... You know, there are lots of people who go by, choose to go by different names for a variety of reasons, and it's important that we respect all of those reasons. Yeah, and Angel's very much like the depiction of a, of a father that is like, you know, the circumstances weren't what he was expecting, mm-hmm. but, you know, damn it if he's not trying to yeah. make sure that his son feels comfortable. Yeah. he Well, and I think it's important to note that I think Angel had resigned himself to never seeing Connor again. And, and just is, for the listeners, I am going to continue to refer him, to him as Connor because he just will continue to be... Steven is not a name that sticks for this yeah. character. Um, I don't even think past this episode. Yeah, um, so... Uh, but I, I actually, I, I really want to commend Angel in this episode. I think he does a remarkable job of not letting his emotions get to him and really come. I mean, he's obviously emotional, but he's... <laughs> it's like Gunn says, he's still up there being mature and everything. Right, but he is. He is, his, his focus in this whole episode is what is best for Connor. And what's best for Connor, you know, for right or wrong, Angel comes to the conclusion that what's best for Connor is a little space. Yeah. Um, respect for the name that he's chosen and respect for the father that he, t- to him, was his father, you know? Um, Angel doesn't have to like any of that shit, but that is the reality for Connor. Um, and I, I just, I, as much as I've struggled with some of this episode, I just, the whole episode, I was like, Angel, you're being so emotionally mm-hmm. mature. Can you go over to Sunnydale? And, <laughs> um... I don't know, they might ruin him. <laughs> I think, uh... They also, might ruin him. <laughs> also, given what happened at the end of Seeing Red, you do not want to be in Sunnydale true, right now. True, Um, Fred, uh... Fred thinks that Angel's being crazy. It's like, you can't leave your son out in L.A. I mean, sure, you survived, sure, he survived a hell dimension. I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> Which is but great. the streets of L.A.? I know, I mean, that's that's its own hell dimension. Yeah. I did like that moment, because it is funny, but they do tie it in on a nice emotional beat later for Fred. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's a funny line, but it it doesn't treat her time in um, Pylea as a joke. Yeah. Which I appreciated. So uh, Connor and Holtz um, get, get a motel room. And uh, so the next morning, Connor, in addition to getting a newspaper, just breaks the shit out of a vending machine. Nice. And I think this is the first, like, the first time that we see that Connor is 
stronger than your average person and is able to mm-hmm. like move differently than your average person because it I don't feel like there was it, it just seemed like he was very adept at combat in the last mm-hmm. episode. I mean, yeah, maybe he like he did jump onto a bus. He had some of the wire foo stuff yeah. that we see. It, like I, but we we I don't think he displayed any overt supernatural strength in the last episode. Yeah. Above average agility, but like yeah, he lifts this um, entire vending vending machine. machine up out of the air. So it looks like he has sort of a low level super strength. It's presumably on par with like vampires and probably yeah. Buffy, which makes sense yep. considering who he is. Um, this reminded me of um, there's a scene in the TV show um, Yellow Jackets, which I'm a big fan of, where the character Natalie, who's played by um, Juliette Lewis, she's staying at a motel and she's trying to get some, she puts she's trying to get something from a vending machine and then she puts her money in. And she she's pressing the button. She's pressing the button, and it's just turned, hooked. It on gets the... hooked. It gets stuck. So she Classic. Ju- she just lifts up her leg when she's got these like stiletto boots. Just kicks through the glass, but only takes the one thing that she oh, paid yeah, for. Yeah. And it's just it's a really funny like little. Well, moment. no, because like you know they, it would be stealing. <laughs> yeah. If you if you took more than that, but no, I I have understood that frustration. <laughs> Uh, from time to time and yeah like if I were to ever do that I would just take what I paid for yeah. I just I love the it was just such a it was framed in such a, in a and her character is portrayed as a very much more morally gray character so it was very funny to be like but that's her lie yeah <laughs> um, Holtz looks at the date of the newspaper and finds out uh, as he suspected that they've only been gone for just a few days while having lived several years in Kortoth. And, uh, and so, and that's when Connor kind of tells Holtz how he was able to find that exit into our world, mm-hmm. into our realm. And, uh, yeah, he followed those, like, those invisible slug yeah. things. Water slugs, whatever they were. Yeah. <laughs> Just best to put them out of our mind. Yeah. Um, but uh, Connor said that Holt should have stayed in Kortoth and that Connor would have come back to him after he killed Angel. Uh, but but that's when like Holt says like, oh, you don't have it in you to kill Angel, um, even though like you know Connor objects. Uh, but Holt says like, you know, you came here because you wanted to see him, and uh, he then says like, oh, I've always been honest with you, um, which you know. Ends up being a big fucking lie at the end of the episode. Yeah, I was like, he's been selectively honest yeah. with him. Yeah, uh, but, you know, the things that he has said about Angel are true. He just hasn't said everything about mm-hmm. Angel. And uh, as, as good old Captain Picard said, a lie of a mission is still a lie. Uh, but he tell like, you then kind of get this idea of their relationship because he is, having been a holy man, he has basically said that God sent him the bastard offspring of two demons to Holtz to um and you know put them in hell but they survived and uh now they have found their way out yeah I struggle with Holtz I I struggle to care whenever he's on screen I think this episode probably does the best by Holtz 
I very much enjoyed, especially his last scene with Angel. Yes, I liked that scene a lot. Um, but at the same time, I was I was also going too little, too late. Like, what? Where was this dynamic stuff? And I still don't know where this fault lies. I don't know if it lies in the writing. I don't know if it lies in the performance. I I know we looked up this actor's credits, but I I think we came to the conclusion that we weren't familiar with any of his other yeah. work. It was a lot of voiceover work. Um, no, not shading voiceover work. Like I just was saying, just we weren't familiar with yeah. most of it. It's easier to put a like name to a face when you can see the face. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. And like that. And Holtz has always been like, and we've said this throughout season three. He's been a good idea mm-hmm. that misses more than it hits. Yeah. And uh, honestly, as I mentioned in the last episode. The idea that Angel is, um, or that Holtz's big revenge plan is to kidnap Angel's son and turn and raise him to, like, want to kill his father, that's some pretty epic, that's some pretty Mm -hmm. epic storytelling. That's like Greek tragedy epic right there. And it just, it doesn't. It just never seems to hit fully. Mm. I, I, well, and it's part of the problem I have is that we get. I I really don't know what Connor and Holtz's relationship is. They spend two scenes together, like total in this episode, and like and yeah, the coda of the last episode. But I'm not gonna count that as right, a scene. Yeah, that was just. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I. Part of me wonders. You find, it, you find out more about uh, Connor defending, like when he defends his father to Angel. Yeah. But when he defends Holtz to Angel, then it seems like you find out in these scenes between them. Yeah. Part of me wonders if this time, this episode's runtime, or maybe not this one, but an episode at some point in this little stretch here, could have been dedicated to an extended flashback. Of their time in Kortoth together, I think that I, could have died. I'd be down for that. Like I know, I know, I'm kind of contradicting that by saying I want more Holtz on my screen. But like, if it's if it's developing this relationship between the two, it, it makes me think of um, Abaterno from Lost. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, such a good episode! It, it is like I mean, yeah, it was near the end of the near the end of the run of the series. But you get to basically find the story out of um, Richard, right. who has um, been this very mysterious character, and uh, it ends up being like pretty mind blowing, I'd say, mm-hmm. and also gives you more insight into the main villain of the show, as well as um, like the mysterious Jacob as well. It does it honestly does a better job of telling you what they're mm-hmm. all about. Than the actual episode yeah. that tells you what they're all about. It's um yeah, it's it's probably like the best episode of Lost before the like the closest really good episode to the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that penultimate episode with um where they're in the sub. That was a. Uh, uh, we'll have to you know what we'll have to save that for our Lost podcast. I have feelings. I have feelings. <laughs> um, uh, we'll save that for the Lost Podcast. Yeah. Uh, Lost Cast. Lost Cast. 
Uh, but yeah, um, Holt says that, uh, yeah, I, oh, to put a period at the end of that sentence, I would have also enjoyed a, an episode that was dedicated to Kortoth flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Hell, man, if they had, like, incorporated that into the last episode instead of, like, what they ended up putting in there yeah, would have been better. I agree. And honestly, would have been kind of the perfect time to do it. And honestly, this episode might have hit better if we had that yeah. in the last. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, well. Uh, Holtz does say that um, he needs to, that Connor needs to find Angel and live in his world so that he can, um, you know, really truly figure out how he feels about Angel. But he also says, oh, be on your guard. So we go back to the hotel. Lauren has brought a really shiny crystal. And uh, it's used to store mystical energy. And Fred is putting this into a Geiger counter so that she can track uh, the um, emissions of energy from where the portal was so they can find out what came in after Connor. Which we know to be Holtz. Yeah. I thought this was cool. I liked this um, mix of the mystical into the science, which is Fred's skill set. You know, yeah. I, I bet I would be willing to bet that Wesley would have come up with a different way of doing this that, you know, maybe would have been more effective because it's specifically mystical. But I like seeing Fred adapt. Also, it's nice to see um, the uh, mystical and the science being put together that isn't by Warren. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fred, what a chode. Fred and Warren. Uh, <laughs> one's using their powers for good. The other is using their powers for chode. For chode. <laughs> um, so then we have this scene where, uh, where Fred is um, using the Geiger counter. Oh, I don't like... Yeah. Harrison just made a, an expression that I totally agree with. She says like, oh, something's coming over here and it's really... And she looks up and sees Connor and says, hot. It's and, the show at its worst impulse. Yeah. It's, at its most Joss Whedon impulse. Yeah. It, th- I didn't like that mm-hmm. at all. Like, because, I mean, even though one could argue that like, you know, it didn't really mean anything because... It's not trying to, like, establish a, like, Fred being attracted to Connor. It still feels icky. It, yeah, it's just, it feels, yeah, it's, it's icky and it's, it's a dumb joke. It is. If the joke were funny, I might, I might go, eh, it's a little gross, but whatever, it's funny. But, like, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Like, I, I hate it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but, uh. And it feels doubly gross that it's Fred. Yeah. Like, um, oh yeah, like there's, there's so much stuff that are like going on before it actually gets to where she sweeps the lobby. So give me just one second. (laughs) Um, so, uh, Lauren actually notices that Gru is not feeling great because, you know, that's what Lauren does. And, um, Gru is able to, uh, talk to Angel or talk to him about like how Angel is, like, you know, accepting Connor, like, being here and not chasing after him when after, like, right after he was kidnapped, which was just a few days ago. <laughs> um, he, like, tried to move heaven and whatever the... I think he said Tartarus. Chargris, yeah. Whatever, no, like... Tartarus. Tar- 
Tartarus? Did yeah. He? Oh, I think okay. he said Tartarus. I thought he said something like, I just assumed it was Pylian. <laughs> but, uh, I thought it was Tartarus, but... Uh, fair enough. Um, hell. But, yeah. Hell and other hell. Yeah, and uh, that's when Lauren says that, uh, you know, sometimes the best way, like, the best thing to do is nothing... And, uh, you know, just because you, like, jump across a couple dimensions doesn't necessarily mean that it's fated to be. And uh, Lauren realized that Guru kind of tricked him. <laughs> and uh, so Guru's just like, well, I'm going to go for a walk. It's such a nice day. And, you know, if my princess asks where I am, tell her I went for a walk. If she asks. If she asks. Yeah. You really feel bad for Guru uh, in this episode. And girl doesn't. Yeah. She does not notice that he is absent for the most <laughs> of this episode she has she's she's like wandering off into visions to see what angel's up to and has no idea that her boyfriend is mia i love you cordy but damn yeah uh cordy meanwhile is like you know trying to tell um angel that you know he's doing the right thing and that connor will eventually come back um we show wes eating a eating a frozen dinner with a glass of wine and uh, he gets a beep from his computer that says um, it has an address, a time, and uh, tells him to come alone. <laughs> Which is funny when we get to this later on. But anyway, back to uh, Connor showing up at the hotel. Again, as I mentioned before, Angel introduces him as Steven uh, because he's trying to respect Connor. And, you know, it, there's obviously, like, the, the selfish part that's like, I don't want you to run away again. Yeah. So I'm like, you know... I'm here to support you however I can. Uh, they all find uh, reasons to uh, like leave so that Angel can have like a moment with his son. And there's this... Uh, I mean, it's it's cheesy, but damn it if I don't... If it didn't make me smile when um, both of them like cross their arms at the same time. And uh, yeah. it's actually good direction because or good camera work because, you know, Vincent Carthriser is a lot shorter than David Boreanaz. So they actually had him on a step mm -hmm. up so that they'd be able to like almost be face-to-face -face in the same frame. And that's what makes that work. It's a good moment. It was good. I liked it. Um, yeah, like I, I know that like it's all going to shit after this episode, <laughs> but I really, I, my favorite parts of this episode are the moments when you get the hope that... Mm -hmm things between Connor and Angel could work out. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, it's, it all goes to shit. Um, Cordelia has a vision, and this is interesting because she's like trying to tell Angel, but she's also like in this club where the vision is happening. Yeah. And so she's like yelling, and <laughs> even though there's nobody around. Um, so she has to shout... In her mind to be heard over the noise of this club that later Wesley and Lila will have a face-to-face -face conversation at a completely normal voice. Yeah. I was like, um, I liked this. I like that they've been, since Cordy has become part demon, I like that they've gotten a little experimental with how her visions manifest and that they're always a little different. Like back in the day, it was always just like flashes, music video flashes with her screaming and writhing yeah. in agony and um i think it's um it was effective but you know we had two and a half seasons of that yep. so i like that we are experimenting with it now in a way that narratively makes sense 
Yeah. Even um, if that green screen sucked. And also this uh this is another good choice because they never show who the person is mm-hmm. that's being that's like in trouble with the vampires. And Cordy doesn't know who it is because she's been MIA whilst the victim has mm-hmm. been a prominent part of the storyline. Yep. Uh, so, so can you just imagine you're Connor in that scene and you just have no context for why she's yeah. suddenly yeah, it's like what the hell's what going the on fuck <laughs> is she a lunatic <laughs> um, and you know Angel says like oh I, I have to leave you know it's my job pretty dangerous a lot of fighting you want to come and uh, you know you get this smile on Connor's face it makes me think of uh, that first episode of Sherlock when, um, like, uh, the when Sherlock first invites uh, Watson on to like, uh, like to go like chase down this person with him, and he's like, "Oh, uh, you know, need to go out and do this." He's like, "All right, uh, you know, uh, could be pretty dangerous." Yeah, you want to come? God, yes. <laughs> that that first episode of Sherlock is magnificent television. I've never seen it. I I've never watched any of Sherlock, but I have read one of the first season episodes. I don't remember which one, but I read I read the script for it in college. It was one okay. one of my classes. It was one of the scripts we had to read. It was um um. Because the first season's like three episodes, right? All the seasons are three episodes uh, because each episode is an hour and a half long. Gotcha. Which I feel like is kind of intimidating to viewers, but, um, you know, think of it as just like, a, you know, I mean, it, it's it's the same length as your standard oh, animated movie. I think it was the first episode, yeah, actually, it, that we watched, it, A Study in Pink. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Is there something with like a robot in it or something, or... A robot? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't think... Is there a museum? With like a vase? Maybe? I'm trying to... I'm trying to remember. Like, I think that's a later episode where you find out like, oh, he doesn't... He doesn't know anything about astronomy because, you know, he... He has like... Sherlock always views that he has like a limited space in his mind and... He only keeps it with relevant facts, and he doesn't find astronomy to be relevant. Um, yeah, it's it's actually kind of sad how Sherlock ended up because the last season was really not great, mm-hmm. and um, you know Sherlock is uh, it, it's it was very much like Doctor Who with Stephen Moffat because Stephen Moffat was also behind Sherlock. Right. Um, you know, you, you didn't necessarily know when you were going to get new episodes. It was always just kind of on the horizon. <laughs> and it felt like, you know, that last season, if people were waiting for it, I feel like a lot of them were disappointed. And, uh, you know, Martin Freeman and even more so Benedict Cumberbatch are such, like, big stars now that it's... I don't think they're, like, going to ever do another season. Yeah. But, I mean, you know. Um, so that that uh, bar, that club that Cordy had in her vision also happens to be the uh, the same place that Wes was instructed to go to by that message. And, I mean, 
Wes has only really interacted with one person pretty much <laughs> for the last couple episodes. So, uh, who should it be but Harrison's favorite, oh, Lila Morgan. so nasty. She was like, I lo- she was like, oh, you came alone. <laughs> of course, how else would you come? Which is hilarious because Jason made a similar joke before Lila did and then was like, I do not feel great about myself right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, got it. Of all the fictional characters I'm in sync with, one of the last ones I'd want to be is Lila Morgan. Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like on the same level as anybody from Wolfram and Hart, <laughs> especially Lee Mercer. <laughs> I bring up Lee Mercer just to like get that reaction from you. It makes me laugh every time. Um, but yeah, uh, he then point or she then points out that Justine is at the bar. Justine is our victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Harrison's favorite. <laughs> Uh, she, um, and she not only alerted Justine or had a source that alerted Justine to there being vampires at the bar club, but also, uh, she, her source, uh, Wes correctly deduces that her source, um, uh, alerts vampires to Justine being at the club. And, uh, this is again, another, like, Another instance of Lila trying to court Wes. Mm-hmm. In this case, um, oh hey, here's that person that slit your throat. Watch them die. Yeah, and she's semi-successful. Um, yeah, yeah, Wes doesn't leave, but really the thing that makes him stay is that he notices that Angel is walking in the crowd. And uh, Lila's pissed. She's like, yeah. as she always is when she's an angel. <laughs> she's like, fuck, every fucking time with this dude. But uh, it, there's also this really interesting exchange between Lila and Wes because, um, you know, as Wes is walking away, Lila says, like, oh, are you just going to walk to your car or are you going to alert Justine mm-hmm. beforehand? And, uh, and you see, like, Wes hesitate because he wasn't planning on telling Justin. You could tell he was on his way out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Lila says, like, oh, looks like I'm not wasting my time. Yeah. She's so, like, that hesitation is all I needed. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Angel sees uh, Angel sees Justine. Justine sees him. And she's like, oh, shit, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, Angel's trying to, like, Angel gives a stake to Connor, tries to give him, like, some coaching. Connor's like, I know. Uh, but... <laughs> Even the heart, Dad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he then, uh, he then sees uh, Angel kill a vampire, and Connor's like, why do you kill them if they're like you? And that's when Angel says, because they're not like me. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, a really, a really fun, um, and it, honestly, it is just fun. Yeah, uh, of like Angel killing quite a few vampires, mm-hmm. and then we see like Connor being able to leap over the bar and kill a vampire that's like actually about to kill Justine. Um, and we get like this, and uh, you know, Lila's saying like, "Who the hell's that?" He like the way that he jumps around, it's he moves just like and that's Wes says his father. His father. So his now, father. so now everybody's <laughs> in on the wrinkles. Yeah. Uh, uh, Angel, Angel tells Justine to go, 
Um, and uh, Connor sees a vampire go after her. Um, when he goes into the alley, uh, Angel shows up, and there's this uh, really cool scene where, you know, Connor thinks that, like, the, the vampire's behind him. He has the stake, and uh, it's, and he, like, he, and uh, Angel stops his hand, and, uh, you know, doesn't move it, but then, like, Angel, like, throws his arm aside so that the stake goes into the vampire mm-hmm. behind him. That was cool. Yeah, it, no, no, it was great. It looked for like a split second, like Angel was punching Connor in the I face. I know, right? And I literally had a moment of like, oh, no, that was that was really good direction <laughs> yeah. and good execution from both uh, David and Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, and then you have this, just the scene that makes you smile, um, but also like then immediately makes you second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. But you know, like. Uh, and then um, he says, "Like, oh, good to know that. Like, you can. Good to know that you can do that." And then, uh, you know, it throws like a little playful punch at Connor, and it makes Connor smile. It's like, good to know you can do that too. And then, you know, they like they have a tussle. Yeah, they start like they start like you know play fighting with each other. Like Angel, he like jumps up onto a dumpster. <laughs> so it's, it's it's so heartwarming to watch. But then the audience isn't the only people who are watching it because Holt sees as well. And you have to think... With his melted face. <laughs> and you have to think, is this emotion genuine from Connor? Or is it... I, I feel like I feel like this scene, the emotion is genuine. I don't... I, I, I mean, obviously, Connor is putting on a mask to be a part of it. But I do think that, like... I don't think that he would have engage this particular way if he didn't if it wasn't a little bit genuine i think it's a little bit genuine i think it's more genuine than connor would like to admit i think connor would say which is like what he's putting on the mask yeah Yeah. which is what holtz tells him right um but i can't imagine connor and holtz ever had an interaction like this well yeah (laughs) again holtz says like oh i'm old i can't give him like i can't be the support that he needs um so when Holtz is in the motel room, uh, Connor's there eating uh, mid-Oreo eating. Um, but, you know, he already ate the cream, so yeah. he, he already took care of the best part. He's a cream-first sort of Oreo eater. Interesting. And, you know, he hasn't been around Oreos for that long. So it's just instinct. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> um, how do you eat an Oreo? So if I have... If I'm just eating an Oreo on its own, I, I'm, going, I'm going for the cream, and then I'll eat the cookie. But if I have milk, then I'm I'm dipping it and I'm doing I'm the, the whole cookie and cream all at once. I just do standard like eat the whole cookie and cream all at once. All right, all right. Yeah, it's, because you know, I love like that is one of my favorite flavors, cookies and cream, mm-hmm. and uh, like that's actually my go to uh, my go to ice cream flavor when like the spe- the bougie specialty stuff that I like isn't available. Um, you know, like we have Comfy Cow and uh, mm-hmm. a couple other places where you can, you know, pick out an ice cream. And then if you want, you can make a milkshake out of it. Mm. And uh, Cookies and Cream Milkshake is one of my favorite things oh, in fuck the yeah. world. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I want that I want that whole experience. So I just, it may be sacrilege. I know there are lots of people hey. that believe in like the, the eating the cream and then eating the cookie. I, I, I just, there's something I just really enjoy about the tactile sensation of like... The twist. The twist. It's, it's all very satisfying. Like, it, 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 like, no, it, it's... 
Because, you know, as we're saying this, everybody can relate to that. <laughs> it's not just a thing for you. That is like a... That is an Oreo mainstay. Um, Nabisco really knew what they were doing. <laughs> not Hydrox, though. <laughs> they were like, let's make sure we make a food... Food. <laughs> Quote. It's food for Connor. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that is fun. Um, when Holtz gets back to the motel room, like, uh, and yeah, Connor says, like, oh, you know, Angel, he tried to, he tried to, like, uh, you know, convince me and trick me and everything. He's good, but I've seen his true face. And then Holtz says, like, and I've seen yours. Um, and uh, I love that at the same time, you know, Cordelia's in Angel's room. She's like, she's like slumber party position on the bed. Uh, not just her. She's like lounging on his bed, slumber party, and he's like in his little chair with his like his leg is up on the, the arm. arm. Yeah, they, uh, I'm sorry. These two are domestic. <laughs> but um, and this is like another just really heartwarming moment because you see Angel like really happy. It's like this is obviously he would have wanted a lot more of time with Connor. But this in his mind is like kind of almost a best case scenario. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this thing that I like do that's like part of my life that's honestly like one of the most important things in my life. My son, like this is the thing that we connected over. Yeah. And you can see just the joy on his face and you also see Cordelia taking joy from his joy. Yeah. It's, it's sweet. And, uh, and Cordelia does say that she did see it. Because Angel keeps saying, like, oh, I wish she could have seen it. She's like, she said she did see it because she was able to go back into her vision. And, uh, which is something that she's never really been able to do before. Yeah, that was a really interesting little wrinkle. And I like that they left it a little ambiguous. That she doesn't even really know how she did it. Which is kind of what they've been doing with her demon powers. They just kind of come and manifest however they will. And, um, it's a little convenient, but, like... It's fine. <laughs> so um, Holtz says that Connor is meant to be with Angel so that he can find out what he is. Um, Connor's like angry about that. Uh, and so he rushes out. But uh, as he is, um, Fred and Gunn are outside of the, of the uh, hotel because they've been using the Geiger counter and they have found that, uh, you know, the energy is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they see Connor come out, uh, he, after he does leave the door open to the motel room, um, they're like, oh, I guess we were just following Connor's signature, not some big evil. And uh, then Gunn sees Holtz in the door frame and he says, like, how about a short evil? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when uh, Connor gets back to the Hyperion, he's not in a good mood. Um, uh, Lauren is in the lobby he's pouring himself a nice drink and uh, he says like oh if you're looking for your dad I can like I can let you know um, I can show you where the room is and uh, that's when Connor calls him a filthy demon racist yeah no it's not great and you know Lauren Lauren has patience because he's like you know given the fact that you were raised in a hell dimension by a psychopath which Which I I can relate to (laughs) gonna let that one slide but then he's just like filthy demon like well no you only get one junior i loved the. i mean i don't love this the nastiness but i really love seeing the side of lorne 
um, you know, we're really With used to his, yeah, we're really used to his compassion and, you know, he's, he's always a little sarcastic and, you know, but he gets mad in a way that I don't think we've seen him before and the way it like stands up for himself and I, part of me was like, yeah, pop him one, Lord, like... <laughs> Uh, but, you know, before anything can happen, uh, Cordelia shows up and she's, like, trying to, you know, talk Connor down. It's like, hey, yeah, he might be a demon, but he's, uh... But he's my friend. Yeah, he, he's good. Like, not all, like, I mean, you probably couldn't tell that I was part demon. And, you know, as soon as, like, Connor does that, he, like, pulls out a knife and he's he... about to stab her. Which is, a honestly, kind of an effective jump scare. It really is. Because you're expecting, because she's, like, she's, like... She's starting the big speech. She's starting the big inspirational speech. Um, and she's like, you probably couldn't tell I was part demon, even with this ludicrous haircut. <laughs> and she you had to work ugh. you had to work a jab at that. But she's like, she starts she's like, I chose it so that I could help. And yeah, he just comes straight out with the knife. Um, it's it's a good it's it's yeah, it's effective. And uh, in response to this, Cordelia starts glowing, and as she is glowing, Connor also starts glowing. The knife disappears from the hilt, and um, like she's the, like the blade just disappears. And she's like, "Let it go, baby. Let yeah. it go." I didn't like the baby parts of this. I, I think like um you know that's kind of because she like watched over him so much yeah. when he was a baby. Um, it was and, the baby specifically. She was also calling him yeah. sweetie in that moment, and that worked for me. Mm-hmm. It felt comforting, but not infantilizing. Yeah, in in a way that yeah. But uh, you know, they're all still trying to get used to the fact <laughs> that he, you know, just a week ago, well, he was a baby. A literal he baby. Was a baby. <laughs> um, so uh, the light eventually like fades from Cordelia, but it stays on Connor. And um, when that light fades, he just has this incredulous look on his face and starts crying. Um, so uh, while Lauren is like, you know, giving like a hot, hot beverage to uh, Connor, Angel asks like, hey, what just happened? And um, Cordelia is like, oh, it must be some new power. And Lauren says like, yeah, it looks like you got like all the extras and everything. So um he thinks that Kortoth had, like, this energy that uh, Fred and Gunn have been chasing around. Um, like, it was almost like an infection. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, what got... That's why Connor was, like, so... Aggressive. Yeah. I was almost going to say feral. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but now, like, that evil energy has kind of been purged. Uh, Colin... What is that word? Cleansed? No, colonic or whatever it is or oh colonic colonic yeah yeah you You were close (laughs) it's not a word that i use often it's like an enema right i i guess so i mean like that's supposed to like be a like you know drain you out or whatever (laughs) i googled colonic as colon cleansing nope there you go yeah um so that's when uh so that's when Angel's like talking to Connor, and uh, and uh, he's like, "I'm sorry, I tried to kill your friend." And Angel says, "That's okay. She's used to it. She's used to it." <laughs> oh, what a great line! <laughs> but Angel, um, you're funny. 
But yeah, uh, and so that's when Angel says, like, you know, this can be your home. And uh, you could stay here. And Connor says, like, oh, um, you know, that that's what, uh, that's what he said. Um, he said that we came back for a reason. And so now, like, even before Fred and Gunn can tell him, Angel now knows that Holtz is back. Yeah. And probably deduces that... He's the one who came through the court, the Kortoff portal. Yeah, the Portoff, <laughs> the Portoff. <laughs> um, we see uh, Holtz opening uh, the door to his motel room and finding Justine there. Harris made a funny joke and been like, "Who are you?" <laughs> she's like, "Daniel." Yeah, and he's like, "How did she find him?" It seems like kind of a stretch that um, she would think that Connor, she would recognize Connor as like, oh, clearly you're that that baby that <laughs> that baby that, 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 steal. that that guy that I was into like uh, went away, but like you know she did. How did that get her to that motel? Right. So I was so unless unless she saw she him in followed, the alley. Uh, yeah, unless she was following. Connor back to the motel, or unless she saw him in the alley, saw Holtz in the alley. Yeah, we missed. When I say we missed, I don't. Well, I, I guess it's possible that we, as the viewers, just didn't notice it. But I feel like they should have had a shot of Justine in the alley after mm-hmm. it, after we see Holtz seeing Holtz. I think that would have helped connect those dots a bit. And uh, Justine is saying that, you know, she's still loyal to Holtz no matter what, even after, even if, like, this stuff wasn't true because she was broken uh, when he found her. And uh, that's when Holtz says that, uh, oh, um, you know, I I thought that my hate would keep me alive and help me survive in Kortoff, but that hate turned to love, um, love for a son. And... Um, and like he has one last thing that he needs her help with before he'll finally be done. Um, I need you to melt the other side of my face. <laughs> Sorry, I was not a fan of these prosthetics. It, they don't, they don't look great. great. Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to... Because honestly, the prosthetics make Holtz look undead, but they're trying to just make him look really old. Right. And... There's a big difference between undead and old. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, like... It's a pretty, pretty clear yeah, line. Yeah, it looks like It looks like he's just flat out, like, about to die and, like, keel over. Yeah. But that shouldn't be what we're... Like, it, it's a, it is an exaggeration. Yeah. And I don't know if it's meant to, to imply... Show some sort of injury... Or something, but it just... It just it's not, it's, if it is, it's not something that's elaborated it's on. It's not good prosthetic work on a show that usually does really good prosthetic work yeah. so it's disappointing um, so Angel tells Cordelia that um, he wanted Fred and Gunn to take Connor to some place that isn't as like bleak as he thinks the world is mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's when Cordelia is like oh did you tell him like where you're going he's like no he's like, well you shouldn't lie to your son I don't care if you go and kill Holtz I mean guy kidnapped your son Fuck him. Kill him. Yeah, but, uh, you know, if you want to build trust, like, don't start off with lying. He's only been here for, like, a day. Yeah. 
I really appreciated that Cordy's like kill him moment because it's I haven't really expressed this because I haven't found the right time. Um, so I'm going to do it now. But I, I struggle a bit with Cordy's end of season three characterization. Um, I've heard some people refer to her in this little stretch at the end of season three as St. Cordy. And I can't necessarily disagree with that assessment. I spent a lot of this episode going like, where's Cordy's edge? Like, I appreciate her growth and the altruism that she's she's developed. And I like her relationship with Angel. But I was, I spent, and I felt this way a little bit in the last episode too. I was like, why is Cordy so soft? Like, she's a better person than she used to be. But she's still got, she's still Cordelia Chase, the head bitch in charge. My theory for that is that with the Connor Holt storyline which she was not present for Mm -hmm. the tone of the show and how these characters felt towards other characters like Holtz, like Wes, um, you know, everybody else got an edge from that. Like everybody else kind of like survived that. And, you know, when Cordy came back, yeah, we had like a nice scene of her, uh, of her like being with Angel, um, saying that she was, she felt really bad for him for having lost, uh, Connor. But, you know, it's not an experience that she went through. Yeah. So Cordelia could, like, almost be unchanged from how she left. It's just that she didn't go through this storyline, which is arguably, like, one of the most, like, rock, like, mm-hmm. show-rocking storylines of the entire series. Yeah. Like, the dynamic has changed. She just wasn't there for that. Yeah. So it does almost kind of seem like she's in a little bit more of that happy place before uh, yeah. Connor got like taken away. It, yeah, it's something it's just it it bothers me a bit and but here where she some of that some of that cordy snark came back in. I was like I was like okay, good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I just don't I don't I like Cordy as a good person, as a hero, as a champion, but I don't want her soft. Because that's not who she is. Yeah. So we find out that a uh, friend gun took Connor to a beach. Um, they tell him they're like, "Hey, this is the ocean," and, and he's like, uh, "It's so empty." <laughs> but that's when um, Fred says, "Like, no, you know, there's there's just there's a lot of stuff there. It's just all underneath the surface." Subtext much? <laughs> this episode had quite a bit of subtext in it. Um, maybe a little too much. Yeah. yeah sometimes actual well, text isn't bad. Yeah, it was uh, but um, and yeah, at first, uh, at first, um, Fred tries to relate her experiences in Pylea being lost in there and everything not seeming real when she came back to Connor, but Connor says like, "Oh, I was never lost, yeah. except for like maybe right now." Yeah, it, I I love this because it does make sense that uh, that Fred would try to use her from her perspective. He and I have similar experiences, and I can connect to him all that way. But from his perspective, he was a baby when he went to Gortoth. Yeah. He has no memory of any of this. Um, in some ways, it, it makes me think of a uh, Bane in the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, you, you're, oh, wait a minute, yeah, 
You embrace the shadow. I was born into it. Oh wow! Now we know how Christopher Nolan. Uh, oh no! Like <laughs> uh, no, um, I remember uh, an old girlfriend. Um, her brother like showed me this video, and it was just this guy taking a red solo cup. I, I'm using a really nice wine glass for this right now, but it's like. <laughs> If you talk into a cup, then you too can sound like Bane. <laughs> I wonder how that's actually going to sound on the I record. I am very interested in that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I think, I, honestly, Fred might have had more success relating to Connor if she had related to Connor coming to Los Angeles to her being sent to Pylea mm-hmm. instead of you know, the more one-to-one of, from what she, um, what oh, she yeah. experienced. I was in a dimension too. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, f- um, Connor, like, just kind of starts walking towards the waves, and he's a fairly decent distance away from Fred and Gunn, and Gunn mentions, like, oh, man, you know, it sucks that Angel can't be here. You know, you'd want to, first time your kids see in the ocean, you want to be there for that. And, uh, and uh, Fred says, like, oh, well, you know, it's important that he has to go and, like, and that was when gets like, oh, confront the kidnapper. Well, I mean, he'll he'll deal with Holtz in his own way. So this point that Connor turns around and they're like, oh, man, he has super hearing. <laughs> yeah. And he and Connor then just starts racing away. This is also the second time that Fred has accidentally outed the plan to people with super hearing. You know, um, which I feel maybe would was a bit of a deliberate callback to the uh, to her conversation with Darla where she's like, they don't know that this can't hurt the baby. They do now. <laughs> Cordelia, um, Cordelia's sitting in the lobby. It's a little dark. And a uh, figure walks in and she thinks that it's Angel. She's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. I thought that you were going to be, uh, like, I, I, I th- I'm glad you, like, reconsidered and came back. And um, you know, I'm so happy to see you, yeah, Angel. Angel. And it is, in fact, Gru. Oh, Gru. Um, oof. Uh, so then we get the scene where um, Holtz is, uh, he's writing out a letter, puts in an envelope, and that's when Angel comes in. And uh, we have this scene where, um, you know, Angel, like, blames him for taking his son, but Holtz is like, well, you took my son. Um he took my whole family. <laughs> Technically, you're winning three to one. <laughs> I like. Also, that. he didn't kill Angel's son. He helped his son survive. Yeah, that was my favorite line in this in this uh, conversation. Was the, you know, I protected your son. You yeah. killed my son. Yeah, and Angel literally has to be like, all right, that is well, <laughs> well, that, well, that is that is kind of like the point when he says like. Do you want me to say you're sorry? I don't know if it'll if it'll be worth anything. And Holt says like it'll be worth a little. And so you finally see like Angel saying like for whatever little it might mean, I'm sorry. And uh, and then Holt says like um, I thought taking your son was justice, but Angel said like that wasn't justice. That was vengeance. And um, but Holt says like oh I'm I've lost my taste for vengeance and. I need a, I need Connor to go back to you, and he wants him to give a letter uh, to give to Connor. But he does mention like, oh, it's not sealed. Obviously, you're probably gonna read it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So when uh, I love that the show is coming back to this um, this conversation between vengeance and justice that um, frequently pops up around Angel. We obviously had that discussion between Jenny Callender and uh, Uncle Uncle Enyos. Was that his name? That sounds right. The guy from Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the um, we see it. Patrick Swayze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we see it occasionally in conversations um, surrounding Anya as a character, obviously. Um, and it's it's not like a major theme of the show of the Buffy verse, but it's definitely something that the writers are interested in because it comes up more than once. And I think it's more apparent with uh, with Angel. Mm-hmm. in the series Angel than it is in Buffy. Yeah. It ties, that theme ties in really well with the theme of redemption, mm-hmm. which of course is the major theme of yeah, Angel. Yeah, and like, and the, and the big difference between Buffy and Angel is that Buffy's calling to be the Slayer is a calling and um, a duty, whereas mm-hmm. everything that Angel tries to do in this series is a choice. Yeah. So... It's a form of atonement. Yeah. Um, so we see Angel sitting in the car and he reads Holtz's letter, which is basically just Holtz telling Connor that, um, you know, he belongs with Angel. And that'll be like, basically, we've already had a couple scenes where he already said this to Connor. Yeah. Um, then Holtz goes out into an alley and um, he says, like, I need you to do this for me, Justine. And uh, at first she doesn't think that she can, but then she like, you know, stabs Holtz in the uh, in the neck twice, mm-hmm. punctures his punctures the neck twice. An um, ice pick. Yeah, for him to die. Um, Connor gets to the hotel room. He's not there. He then finds Justine in the alley, and um, he sees Holtz. He sees the wound. He immediately assumes that it's a vampire, and he just says Angelus. Yeah. So Holtz's plan is complete. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, and, Holtz. And that's a shitty thing to do. And that is benediction. Um, yeah, this this like every every episode with adult Connor going forward with him being the focus is going to be uh, kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. Because there are things about this episode that I really enjoyed, but there are also some things that I just do we really need like the, the three separate interactions between Holtz and Connor, with, including the letter mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, you need to be with Angel." Yeah, like I mean, I mean we get that that's part of the plan, but you never once believe that Holtz genuinely meant for Connor to go be with Angel and have a happy life. Yeah, it it was it felt like uh yeah it was just very repetitive, and I'm like these could have been. These scenes could have been better used to develop what the actual relationship between the two of them are. Um, and if it culminates in him saying, you need to go be with Angel, then like that's something. That's an arc. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it just felt like the same thing over and over. And it's it's very frustrating to me that this is... We're, you know, we, we have one more episode in the season, and it just it feels like all the momentum came to a stop. And it also feels like there's so much more that needs to be covered that isn't in 
that you can't fit into a whole episode. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it, it just seems like this season finale is going to be unsatisfying after everything mm-hmm. that has happened in season three. Yeah. But, you know, we'll save that for our next episode. And, you know, I, I, I really like season three as a whole, but I've always found the end of it to be underwhelming. And I was thinking about this today. I was like, you know, we were frustrated with some of the choices made in seeing Red. But goddamn, if the end of that episode didn't just, you know, accelerate us into the last arc of the season mm-hmm. that is going to be, like, nonstop. And it's almost like a complete opposite here. Yeah, it, yeah. here it feels like we're, you know, I, I but, yeah, the return of Connor was supposed to be, like, the culmination of this storyline and it, it's just it, it's it doesn't feel like it has the weight mm-hmm. and um like and uh meaning that it should yeah it, well and i think the problem is one we've never cared about bolts we've really struggled this whole season with him as a character but i am struggling to care about connor in some ways because and they have it almost feels like the writers assume that I care about Connor because Angel cares about Connor, which was true when Connor was a baby mm-hmm. because he was a prop. He didn't need to be a character. Um, so I did care about baby Connor because I care about Angel and Angel cares about baby Connor. Here, Connor's now has to be his own character and they have just not done enough yet to yeah, get and, me there. And I don't... And I don't put that on Vincent Carthrise. I don't either. Yeah, it's it it, it kind of does come down to the writing, and I'm not I'm not sure if this was their original plan for how the season was going to end, but like it just doesn't seem like the best of plotting, best yeah. of planning. But uh, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna give this one two and a half ice pick murders out of five. I, I'm gonna actually gonna give this three. I, I really enjoyed pretty much everything that Angel did in this mm. episode. Um, and uh, and yeah, like I said, I, I love the I love the scenes between him and Connor, um, which are the scenes between Connor and Holtz. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'll give it three um, three like cream fillings of Oreos. All right, nice. Take us away. All right. Well, you can... Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. You can join us again next week with Buffy Season 6, Episode 20, Villains. Y'all, here's the thing. Seeing Red was dark for the wrong reasons. Villains is dark... For all the right reasons. I am fucking stoked. I like, love this episode. I I recently watched a, um, like, you know, when I knew we were getting closer to this episode, I recently watched, like, a YouTube of, like, a YouTube clip of the... Of that scene. Uh, of that scene, which we will talk about, <laughs> and you'll know what we mentioned when we say that scene when you watch the episode, and I was just like, God Damn, I can't believe they were able to get away with that on TV. Right? Uh, fuck yeah. On broadcast TV. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, I, fuck yeah. We're, we're, right, I'm done. we're excited. <laughs> uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman, Twitter at Harrison Kaufman, 
and uh, occasionally threads at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D in all of those instances. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, etc. If we popped up in your Spotify wrapped, Thank give you. us a shout. Yeah, give us a shout on Insta. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, always like to send out some good vibes at the end of an episode. Um, I'd say... Uh, Definitely, obviously, the world issues um, are still persisting, but, uh, you know, it's starting to get colder in the States. Um, Louisville has its crazy weather. It's been so fucking inconsistent this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a winter coat to work and then, like, sweating leaving. I was driving over here and, like, my car, like, thermometer said that it was 60 outside. Yeah. And just a couple nights ago, it was 22 degrees when I went into work. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously like, you know, for those for for those of us fortunate to have homes and shelter, it's not as bad as for those who don't. Yeah. Um, so obviously like make, a make like donations to like local homeless shelters, uh, food banks. Um, and yeah, you know, it is like no matter what thing you celebrate if you celebrate it all around this time of year it is like starting to become like this is uh classifies the season of giving mm-hmm. and you know like one of the best things you can give is like uh you know donate something that'll benefit a complete stranger yeah fuck yeah all right as always go slay and be gay <laughs> <laughs>